0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1138 of the Juice Box podcast. Carrie is a nurse. She has Hashimoto's. Her son, Liam, is three and has type 1 diabetes, diagnosed at 14 months old. Carrie's sister and aunt both have type 1 diabetes. Carrie wanted to come on the podcast because she said that without the show, she wouldn't be able to do what she's doing for her son and that she wasn't getting answers from her doctors. We spend a lot of time talking about little kids in type 1 and I have some remembrances about raising Arden with type 1 diabetes. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. When you place your first order for AG1 with my link, you'll get five free travel packs and a free year supply of vitamin D. Drink ag1.com juicebox. Don't forget to save 40% off of your entire order at cozyearth.com. All you have to do is use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. That's JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% at cozyearth.com. I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Eversense CGM. I don't have an ad for you yet, but I want to welcome Eversense and let you know that there are links in the show notes right now if you're looking for them, but you'll be hearing more about that implantable CGM very soon here on the Juicebox podcast. Welcome Eversense. EversenseCGM.com/juicebox this show is sponsored today by the Glucagon that my daughter carries, G Hypopen. Find out more at Gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox.
1: My name is Carrie and I am a mom of a three-year-old type one.
0: Is that child your only child?
1: I have a nine month old.
0: Oh, congratulations. Thanks. That's very nice. A three and a nine. You're yes. married for how long?
1: Um 11 years
0: <laughs> did you not know were you counting
1: <laughs> <laughs> so funny my anniversary is next week and i'm like i don't even know how long i've been married for did you, did eh, you life happens
0: <laughs> did you buy a gift or something
1: um we're gonna go on vacation actually
0: oh that sounds like a gift that's nice yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: i um my anniversary was just seven days ago Oh, and, happy anniversary. Oh, you're very nice. Thank you. You're now the uh first woman to wish me happy anniversary. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, honored. <laughs> <laughs> because it was the day before, and uh my daughter and myself and my wife, we were standing in the kitchen like making plans about something. And I said, I said about like, well, tomorrow, what if we uh would you like to go out like for lunch in the middle of the day? Do you have a little time? We could go out for our anniversary. And she go like my wife paused and Arden goes, she didn't know tomorrow was your anniversary, and I said, <laughs> "I said, yeah, I'm seeing that right now." Uh, and and she's like, "Oh no, I can't. Like, I have a meeting." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, no problem." So we've been married a long time. So how long? Uh, Twenty seven years.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's amazing.
0: Is it? Yeah,
1: totally. <laughs> you- With two <laughs> kids, totally.
0: <laughs> I know, right? But anyway, the next day came, and we did not go out to lunch. I gave my wife flowers, an arrangement I made myself, and uh, wow, she- impressive. Thank you. She gave me nothing, and uh, that was yeah, That's it. how
1: it goes usually, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's my expectation. Honestly, I don't even know what I would want to be perfectly. Honest. Yeah, you know, like yeah, if something, that's true. Like if something happened, what would I want it to be? Uh, I have no idea. It's it's a long time. Twenty seven years is insane.
1: It's really insane. Yeah, yeah, insane. but it's awesome.
0: Yeah, no, I'm very excited about it. I I think she was too. I can't tell.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> did you meet like? Did you meet like in in college or?
0: Kelly worked at a movie theater that that a number of my friends worked at and she was college aged and I I had known her for years before just like as a like as a person who worked at this theater but I didn't know her like know her I was aware of her I guess yeah and she went on an island vacation with friends and came back very tan with her hair braided and I became very focused on Trying to have sex with her. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! I think that, if, I'm, if I'm being honest, <laughs> so um, I pursued. Yeah, so I pursued her for a while, and uh, that is where I met her at. Actually,
1: that's awesome. Yeah,
0: I think if she didn't get her hair braided, even I don't even know what would have happened.
1: Yeah, it was neat. Was it the braids?
0: I mean, it could have ruined her life that braiding that hair. If she wouldn't have done that, she couldn't have. She could have stayed away from me and all these problems. You know what I mean? Oh
1: my god, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: I guess if we look back at it, getting her hair braided was her was her major life mistake.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't think it's a mistake. Oh, you Definitely know what I mean? Not. <laughs> no, of
0: course not. I'm being uh, facetious. Uh, okay, so wait a minute. So you have a nine month old yes. and a three a three year old, right? Yes. Okay, your three year old has type one. Is so a girl or a boy? He's a boy. Uh, we're going to use his name or no?
1: Um. Yeah, we can use it. His name is Liam.
0: Okay. All right, Liam. How old was Liam when he was diagnosed?
1: He was 14 months. Oh, wow. That's yeah.
0: pretty young. Okay. Do you have any type one in your family?
1: I do. My sister's type one and my aunt is type one. Uh, we have like, a, my family's full of autoimmune diseases. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. it was definitely a shock him being so young, but, um, and I wasn't anticipating it, but yeah, yeah, we do.
0: How old are you? Can I ask?
1: I'm going to be 41 on Saturday. Oh, okay.
0: So, oh, and happy birthday. Thanks. There's a lot of uh, celebration going on.
1: Yeah, there's tons. (laughs)
0: So so you're 41. You had a baby Mm -hmm. three years ago when you were like 38, diabetes. So did you recognize the diabetes symptoms in the baby?
1: So I am also a nurse. So I had just noticed for like a week prior that he was like drinking a lot more fluids. He was like soaking through diapers. And it was the end of April when he was diagnosed. And I was just kind of like, oh, it's kind of hot. It was kind of hot. We lived in, well, we live in New Jersey. We lived kind of near the beach. So we were outside a lot of the park and kind of brushed it off. But then like four days before he was diagnosed, I like went to put him to sleep and he was breathing on me and I could smell like ketones. And I turned to my husband and I was like, I think I smell ketones on Liam's breath. And he's like, my husband, first of all, was like, I don't even know what that is. And I was like, "I something's not right with him, you know? And um, so I had reached out to our pediatrician a couple times with concerns about the fluid, like the extra fluids and all the stuff. And she kind of brushed it off. And then there was just one day that I just remember watching him in my living room chug like a huge bottle of water, and I was like, something isn't right. So I called my peed, and I was like, I want to take him in. I think there's something going on. I think it might be sus- like suspicious of diabetes. And she's like, he's way too young. And I was like, okay. So I made my husband go to Walgreens, and I was like, let's just dip his urine for ketones because I was like, mm-hmm. something isn't right. So <laughs> took his diaper off and waited till he peed. My husband like caught his pee in his hand. And, um, we dipped it and he had large ketones. So I called my doctor back and I was like, okay, so now he's has large ketones. Like I'm suspicious. She's like, Oh, that's normal. And I was like, Oh no, that's not normal. Like I knew enough. So I went, sent my husband back out to get a glucometer. And then I ended up just doing like a heel stick on him and he registered like over 500.
0: Wow. So Look at you. Yeah. How, did your doctor not know you were a nurse?
1: She knew I was a nurse. And like, I, pretty much like reamed her out when I got to the hospital. I mean, she I think she was taken back, but I think my my heart like thinks now when I still think about it now like what would have happened if I didn't have that knowledge, you know, and I didn't keep pushing my yeah. doctor to be like there isn't some there's something not right with my son, you know, and she just kept brushing it off like mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's really sad and I think there's so many young kids that get diagnosed and it's so traumatic because their symptoms are so easily misdiagnosed as like, Oh, labored breathing. Oh, that that's RSV or you're vomiting. Oh, you have a stomach bug, but like these kids are in DKA. And I just, I'm just so grateful that he wasn't in DKA when he was diagnosed. No, of
0: course. But you're, I mean, you're specifically saying, Hey, uh, my kid has ketones. I think they have diabetes. He's drinking a lot of water. I think he has diabetes. Like and it's, it's almost like you're describing the sun and yeah. you're saying to her, hey, I'm going to describe the sun to you. And you go, it's around. And she goes, that's not it. And you're like, well, it's yeah. yellow. And she goes, no, no, that's not it either. It's very hot. No, it doesn't sound like the sun to me. That's just very strange. If you take insulin or sulfonylureas, you are at risk for your blood sugar going too low. You need a safety net when it matters most. Be ready with g HypoPen. My daughter carries Gvoke HypoPen everywhere she goes. Because it's a ready-to-use rescue pen for treating very low blood sugar in people with diabetes ages 2 and above that I trust. Low blood sugar emergencies can happen unexpectedly, and they demand quick action. Luckily, Jivo can be administered in two simple steps, even by yourself in certain situations. Show those around you where you store Jivo and how to use it. They need to know how to use Jivo before an emergency situation happens. Learn more about why GVOC Hypopen is in Arden's Diabetes Toolkit at gvocglucagon.com juicebox. GVOC shouldn't be used if you have a tumor in the gland on the top of your kidneys called a pheochromocytoma, or if you have a tumor in your pancreas called an insulinoma. Visit gvocglucagon.com risk for safety information.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really disappointing, and she was also like a really like well-known pediatrician. Like everybody like loves her, and mm-hmm. so I like I don't I just the yeah, frustration yeah. around his diagnosis was like I'm just happy that he was okay and he was an NDK, and I was able to catch everything. But I just yeah.
0: Did you go with um, thoughtful anger, or did you just randomly yell at her when you saw her?
1: I was I was not thoughtful at all <laughs> I wasn't <have> either. <laughs> you know like what are you gonna do like I literally was like I'm pretty sure my kid has diabetes and she's like no like I mean when I dipped his urine he was like dark purple mm-hmm. like yeah. like large ketones and I was like he has large ketones she's like if that's normal and I was like lady <laughs> I'm only a nurse but like that is not normal for kids
0: did she know that you have relatives with type 1
1: I told her my sister's a type oh one. I'm god. very well versed. I said I smell ketones on his breath. I can smell like the acetone on his breath.
0: Oh my she god! She just completely
1: dismissed me. Wow. Yeah. Uh
0: You were in. So some he s- found
1: a new peed. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: I was going to say that's the obvious end of that the story. But you were in some sort of a power struggle with her ego.
1: Yeah. For like it was like four days that I was going back and forth with her before I was like, you know what? Like this is ridiculous. I, I'm doing this myself, and I just dipped his urine. I saw the ketones. I called her back, and then I was like she was like, that's normal. Come in. It was like a Thursday. She's like, or a Friday. She's like, come in on Monday for blood work. If you're still concerned over the weekend. No. And I was like, I I was like, I can't sleep until I know what his blood sugar is now. Yeah. Like we need to just go do a heel stick. And then it was like, I think he was six thirty eight when he got to the ER and I was
0: just and he, yeah. 14 months old. He couldn't have weighed much, right?
1: No, he was like 20 something pounds. Yeah. yeah.
0: Did, um, do you think you caught it really early or do you think it was going on for a bit?
1: His A one C was nine, so I don't think I caught it early. Um, But he wasn't in DKA, so I don't. I don't really know. I know that a couple more days he would have been there just by like looking at like from my like looking at his labs now. I can kind of like figure out like he wasn't in DKA, but he was close.
0: Right. Uh, What other autoimmune stuffs in your family?
1: So my sister was actually on the show like I want to say like eight months ago. Really? She she, yeah, Michaela. She well, she has. um, My sister has epilepsy, and she has type one. She has lupus. Um, my mom has sarcoidosis. I have Hashimoto's. uh, My other sister has Hashimoto's. My aunt has Addison type one. So we have a lot. Wow.
0: By the way, I thought sarcoidosis was just the thing they'd used on house to get you to the real answer. Is that actually?
1: Yeah, it's an actual thing. It's it's like, it's like a It's like lung. It's like a sarcoids that like get on your lungs and stuff like that. I actually don't know a lot about it. I probably should, but Yeah.
0: A rare condition that causes small patches of swollen tissue called granulomas to develop in the organs of the body. It often affects the lungs and lymph nodes and can affect your skin also. Yeah. Did you ever watch House? Anybody who watched the show House, it it was about this diagnostic doctor who would figure out tough cases. At some point in almost every episode, someone would float sarcoidosis really yes it was like it was a almost it became a joke actually at some point they always would be like this could be sarcoidosis and it never was like i just kept thinking like will it ever be that actually <laughs> anyway I've never,
1: I've never really got into house well
0: power um, watch it you'll hear the word a lot
1: <laughs> yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to listen to it
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> funny okay so so there's and it's is this um consistent with just the females on your side or are there men too with the issues.
1: There's men. So I'm one of seven kids. I'm the oldest, um, but there's five girls. My mom has more sisters and brothers. Um, I Maybe it is more consistent with the females. That's actually a really good point. I never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. There's just more girls. I think that's probably why.
0: Okay. Yeah. I see that with my wife's family though. Yeah. It seems to be more specific with the females for some reason. Um, anyway. Okay. So diagnosed in the hospital and I'm always interested, did your nursing help or get in the way?
1: It got in the way. Nurses are the worst patients and probably even worse as a mother. It was, we did not have a good hospital experience either. We had like a nurse lose his blood when she did a blood draw on him. She like lost the blood vial. Like we had another nurse give him um, his first insulin injection with a cap on. And then she came back and she's like, oh, sorry, I actually didn't give him the shot. Now I'm really going to give it to him. Like it was really a nightmare. And I was
0: like, (laughs) what? Wait, I don't understand. How could you
1: <laughs> I I I don't even know. It was a it was it's a well known hospital in New Jersey, very good pediatric ER, and she came in, she gave him his first shot of insulin and she walked away and I looked at my husband and I was like that is not what an insulin injection is supposed to look like. You could see like the whole cap that was indented on his leg. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back in five minutes later. and She's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I accidentally gave it with the cap on. Now I'm really going to give it to him. I was like, oh my god, just give it to me. I'll give it to you."
0: i got going to be honest. That one would have, that might've been enough for me right there, especially after the doctor experience. I don't know that I could have like, I might've been like, we're leaving. <laughs> Can we go somewhere yeah. else? That's I ridiculous. was really,
1: I have to say I was really traumatized by every, I think every parent is when you have a child sure. that's diagnosed and you know, like the, you're, it's hard to process everything. But then like, when like people are start screwing up with your kid, it's like next level, like yeah.
0: I, what's I, going I, on. Listen, see, you're being polite though, Harry, like sc- <laughs> screwing up is one thing. She took the needle with a cap on it and, and somehow believed that she gave it an injection.
1: Yeah. I mean, thank God she was honest and came back and actually gave it to him.
0: Well, what's she going to do? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I,
1: <laughs> she should have come yeah, back in good. and said, I like, was...
0: hey, uh, I was just kidding. That's what it looks like when you don't give it. I'm just trying to teach you what's happening. Well, that's fascinating. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How long did it take them to get um his blood sugar down and, and get you out of the hospital?
1: So that's actually like what I never understood about his hospital stay, Is that like they never got his blood sugar down? Like he was like, well, also we were bolusing after he ate um while we were in the hospital. But they just cleared, they were just concerned about his ketones being cleared. And then they were like ready to send us home. And I was like, I'm not ready to go home because his blood sugar is still like 400. Like, this is kind of ridiculous. But they like thought that was fine and sent us home. And so we were in the hospital for like two nights, okay. three days.
0: Was this during COVID?
1: Yeah, it was during, not like the first COVID wave, but like COVID was going on. It wasn't like bad. I mean, we were wearing, we were obviously wearing masks in the hospital. We were in like a single room, but like, it was. I was kind of disappointed. I actually went to the doctor, and I was like, oh, "I'm not comfortable bringing my son home yet because his blood sugars is, is still 400. Like, yeah. we haven't gotten a grip on it yet, you know." But they were like, "You'll, you know, it's just going to be like trial and error." And I was like, "Okay, that's whatever." I was just. Wondering <laughs> so they sent if, us home.
0: Yeah, I was just wondering if they were trying to move people out quickly because of COVID, but it also doesn't sound like that. Um, no. Maybe just yeah. because he was never in DKA.
1: They weren't as concerned. They just wanted yeah. to make sure his ketones were cleared, which they were by like the next morning after a couple like. After he was hydrated and he had a couple boluses in him, his ketones were cleared. And then they were like, okay, like we're going to do a day training and you guys are going to go home in the morning. My husband and I were like, what?
0: (laughs) You might have got the medical professional bum rush, the she knows. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that happens a lot, actually.
1: It's a shame because I was like so overwhelmed because they don't, anybody that is like a nurse, like they don't teach you any of this stuff in nursing school. Like I knew like nothing. I learned nothing about diabetes in nursing school. So yeah.
0: Interesting. Okay. So he leaves on injections. Do you have uh, anything different than what you left with now? What do you do now?
1: So my son, my son is still MDI. We are pursuing, we're in the process of pursuing a pump now, up until now, he was still like pulling off his Dexcom and stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't the right timing for me to throw another device on him and deal with him pulling off two things. Yeah. So yeah, so we're in the process of getting a pump now. So we uh, are just trying to figure out which pump is getting more appropriate for him.
0: Okay. But you've been doing MDI for years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long have you had a Dexcom for?
1: Um, I demanded Dexcom in the hospital.
0: <laughs> okay. We got one the next day. <laughs> how did you know about that? My sister. Right. Okay. She was like, don't
1: leave the hospital until you have a Dexcom. And I was like, you got it. And nice. I was like, I need a Dexcom or I'm not leaving. And they're like, here, get out. <laughs>
0: Did it scare you about having another baby?
1: I, very much so.
0: Okay. But you did it. So, yeah. what what was the what was the conversation like between you and your husband?
1: I just I didn't want my son. I didn't want Liam growing up without having a sibling and I didn't want the fear of another child with diabetes to get in the way of having a family, you know? Um I guess we just both kind of looked at it like, well, if we're going to have another diabetic baby, it's, we're going to be the best parents for him or her or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I I worry about my second getting diabetes all the time, but I mean, I can't change it. So
0: are you, are you having that unreasonable thought that it's just five months away from happening?
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I smell his breath like all the time because <laughs> I get so worried, you know, where I'm yeah. like, oh my God, he soaked through two diapers last night or like he, you know, he his diaper was so full this morning. I, that's, those are always my first thoughts. Oh, he really likes water. You know, like all of those things always go into my mind. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want, I don't want the fear of diabetes to get in the way of me having a family. Good for so, you.
0: Well, that's excellent. Um, yeah, okay. Thanks. So you came home with a CGM and mm-hmm. I, I mean, was he he was still around twenty pounds he didn't lose a lot of weight off of the off of his weight during the he
1: lost a pound okay that was the only yeah so right. nothing really
0: and so I'm just really interested in hearing about what your experience was like absorbing diabetes and and figuring it out with such a small person
1: yeah it was hard I was also breastfeeding and i was ever all my the endo that we were seeing in the hospital was like you need to stop breastfeeding like very much like you need to stop and I was like if I will not take away the one thing right now that is going to keep him like content and happy. And I, I'm not, I just refuse to stop breastfeeding. So that was very difficult to manage the breastfeeding with the bullsing with the overnight. It was just, it was really hard. That was the hardest time of my life is when he was diagnosed. And I just um, had a really hard time. We had a hard time with the DEXCOM changes and he was getting reactions to the DEXCOMs. And yeah, it was, it's really hard when they're that little. Yeah, no, <laughs> really
0: hard. No, it's, it's, you know, it's so much you know. about the dosing. The insulin is, is incredibly difficult. Yeah. Um, just really, it, it it's hard to put into words when, when a half a unit is like a massive amount of insulin. Um,
1: totally.
0: You know, And you're, and you can't even reason with them. 14 months old. Like, what do you do? You look at him and go, Liam, listen, I need you to eat this, man. Or there's going to be problems. It, 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 yeah. like, you can't have those. And breastfeeding, you don't even know what's, what they're taking in really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Breastfeeding was really difficult. Yeah. So it was. It was hard. I think I went through like my own like emotional, like space in my life where I just was like, I don't want to say angry, but I was kind of angry. Like, why does this happen to my kid? And why am I, you know, like having to go through this and my son is having to go through this so young and I, it was hard.
0: Yeah. No, I imagine. Did you you go to a therapist by any chance?
1: I did see a therapist right after he was diagnosed, um, for a while, but then it just kind of became like, I don't want to say like my life, but I just have on better terms with it now, you know, I think my biggest thing for me was like, I always hated when people would be like, well, things can be so much worse. You can have cancer. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you're like totally dismissing what I go through on a daily basis. Yeah. You know,
0: I, I don't understand the idea of like comparison. Um, yeah, it's actually interesting. I just put it on my list to talk to Erica about because I'm trying to figure out what the the human need is to compare everything.
1: Yeah, Yeah, what is that? I don't get it. I don't know. You know, he does have diabetes and like he does get shots, but like think of it, like he could be getting chemo right now. And I was like, what you're doing right now is like totally dismissing what my my son goes through and what we go through on a daily basis in my house. So like just stop, you know, I just, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is people comparing, like it could be worse. And I'm like, but it could be better. (laughs) So.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what if it didn't exist? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah,
1: like what if there was a cure? It would be a lot better. So yeah.
0: I'm always confused by I mean, I guess to me, the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. So if the you know a person over here has cancer and your kid has type one diabetes, and uh you know another person lives in a house and another person is homeless and they they all have bad things happening to them, like yeah, they're you know the guy in the house isn't maybe as bad off as the homeless person. It doesn't make the guy in the house's situation different to him, and right. yeah, and that's that that's the thing. I hate the um. I hate the "you're a good parent" for this. Yeah, that one, that one I'm not. I'm not a fan of that at all. It could be worse. Is terrible. But those that that one that was said to me that God gave Arden diabetes because He knew I could handle it.
1: Yeah, I, I've I, heard that one too.
0: I did not find that comforting. In case anyone's wondering. Yeah, 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 like
1: what, like I, yeah.
0: Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I responded. <laughs> I said so. If I was a big screw up, then Arden wouldn't have diabetes. What did they say? <laughs> no, well, we started making sense, and the, the conversation went away pretty quickly. But uh, yeah. but yeah, but I mean, also in fairness, I know what they meant, and it was it was meant to be comforting. And yeah. I even if I if I can understand the context that they meant it in, like you can handle this. But just say, I Scott, I've known you for a while, and I think you can handle this, and and you'll be yeah. okay. That would yeah, that totally would have been agree. fine. Yeah, don't tell me that my kid got diabetes because God was like oh that guy can take care of diet because also by the way i've met a lot of people whose kids have diabetes who can't take care of it so
1: yeah same
0: yeah did god get bored that day and just give it to that person like try to make more sense you look
1: good <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's just yeah. give it to her uh, it's fine yeah, yeah, yeah i don't I, know i, I don't, totally agree with I don't you on that. that uh but okay so you're how long did you breastfeed i guess after the diagnosis
1: oh uh, like a year <laughs>
0: oh wow yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i um he wasn't ready to wean and i was just like "Eh." and then i wanted to get pregnant again have another baby because i was getting really old so i was like we gotta we gotta cut it (laughs) um but yeah i think it was i think i probably did it longer for him because i just i felt like i just didn't want to take anything away from him Mm -hmm. you know so
0: Were, were you were you i was gonna say at least but were you pumping and then and then putting in a bottle so you could see how much it was or were you actually breastfeeding
1: Uh, Both in the beginning, I was trying to pump to see how much, but it became really difficult in the overnights because I just never knew how much it was taking in. And then I tried to get my breast milk analyzed. Someone mentioned like trying to get your breast milk analyzed, and it was like all carbs. And I was like, okay. But I mean, breast milk is mostly carbs anyway. Um, depends on the time of day, but yeah. And then it just, we ended up just bringing up our basal dose much higher to kind of cover the overnight feeds, and it just got messy. And then it was, it was time.
0: It's a balancing act. I mean, it will it, uh, it, it will get as he puts on body weight. I'm sure you're seeing this, right? It's getting easier.
1: We our growth spurts in my house are like brutal. Okay, with him, they're so hard. This is that's been the hardest part for us in the, this past like six months is like dealing with growth with him and being MDI.
0: Is, I was gonna say, is this part of the reason you're thinking about a pump now?
1: Yeah, our overnights are really rough with just like growth hormones and stuff, and I think it's time that we just get on a pump just so our nights are better.
0: Do you think you'll try an algorithm or do you think you'll just go for like a manual pump?
1: I'm pretty sure I'm really leaning towards a T slim. My sister has a T slim. I'm very familiar with it. Um, It's just really, it's really comes down to, is he going to keep it on? Um, But he's going to school in September. He's starting pre-K. So like, I'm hoping that we can fit it in over winter break, like do like the whole pump and get used to it before he goes back to school. So that's my hope.
0: You think he'll be okay with the tethered part?
1: Uh, we talked to him a lot about it. We're gonna try and keep, like do like a trial where we keep like the tethered part on him and see how he does. The problem is that he's a really smart kid, and like I just worry about him. Like play. I know there's like tons of safety features of the pumps, but I just worry about him like doing something, and I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. This is a difficult decision, honestly.
1: Yeah, huge for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, so I yeah.
0: Well, you said that you're talking to him about it a lot. What yeah. do you, What do you think his like grasp of his diabetes is?
1: It's interesting. So I was at the park with him the other day and he had, well, we use the iPort. So Mm -hmm. he has an iPort on one arm right now and he has his Dexcom on the other. And this little girl, I I sometimes I'm a helicopter mom with him because I don't want kids to, you know, make him feel different about his devices or anything. And I was at the park and I was holding my other son and I was watching this little girl staring at his Dexcom. And I was like, this girl is going to come up and say something to him. And I was like, I have to just watch, you know, before I like hop into Mm -hmm. this. And she like walks up to to Liam and she's like, what's on your arm? And he goes, oh, that's my Dexcom. It checks my blood sugar. And she's like, oh, okay. Do you like McDonald's? And he's like, yeah. She's like, me too. And then they just walked away. And it was like, I could just breathe for a minute because I was like, oh, you. Because, you know, like, he understands, but it was just that. And that was it.
0: (laughs) Plus, you're at the Jersey Shore. You didn't know what kind of attitude she was going to have. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She could have been to you, don't her,
1: you never know what you're going to get there. Yeah. What are,
0: you, <laughs> what are you wearing on your arm there?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it was it was fine. So I think he I think he gets it. He's like, he knows blood sugar and like all that. He's a smart kid. So okay. Yeah.
0: It, so he knows I eat. I need insulin. This is why. Yep. I actually had a conversation with Arden the other day about her thyroid medication. And I was like, oh, I don't think she completely understands what this is.
1: <laughs> Oh really? <laughs>
0: I made a little note for myself. Like, let's have a 15 minute conversation <laughs> about thyroid review. Um uh, because she she um I mean she's nineteen, right? So she yeah. she was out with her friends like all night the other night. She's home from school on a break. And she literally came home in the morning. And I just said to her, Hey, before you go to sleep, take your your um your tyrosin and your T three. And she goes, Oh,
1: I take Tiracin. You never hear about anybody taking Tiracin. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It's cleaner. That's why it's we. It's so use much it. cleaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, sorry. Keep no, going. no, don't be. Don't worry. So she takes Tiris and She takes cytomel. Is it cytomel? Hey. I think so. Okay. Do you? Okay. We'll talk about that. Hold on. Um, mm-hmm. So she, I, I said take that before you go to sleep, and she goes, um, I'm going to take it when I wake up, and I was like, no, and she goes, yeah, it's for energy, and I went, oh god, <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> and I went, hey, it's not just. We'll talk about this later. I was like, just take that. And she goes, okay. And she went in her room. I was like, oh my God.
1: But it does kind of give you energy. I, mean, so I, she know is it right. I know where she's coming
0: from. Like, she's like, I, you know, that's the stuff that peps me up. I don't want to do that before I sleep. I'm like, that's not how that works exactly. Okay,
1: we'll talk about this tomorrow. Yeah. I'm
0: like, you need to keep it 24 hours apart. Like, you're trying to, and I, I looked at her and I was like, oh, we'll just talk about this later. Um, but how long have you been taking Tirsin? Oh
1: God, like. Six seven years. I started on Synthroid. I hated it, and then I saw an endo who was like, "I think you do much better on Tyrosin." And I was like, sold. And I like read the ingredients, and just made more sense to me to take Mm -hmm. it. And it's kept my thyroid like perfect ever since I've been taking it. I've never had any issues with my thyroid since I started taking it. Synthroid, I was like all over the place, and then even like through my pregnancies. It was. It's. I just think that Tyrosin is the best thyroid Mm med out there.
0: So, what were your symptoms? What led you to it?
1: to Hashimoto's
0: yeah how'd you know
1: um I was just really tired and like I had no idea and I went I like went to the doctor and I was like I'm just feeling like really tired all the time like I didn't have kids at the time so she was like okay we'll just do like a blood draw and my TSH was like 10
0: oh (laughs) it's like
1: oh okay (laughs) um like really high and then they checked for the antibodies and I was positive for those so yeah
0: now how long did you do that before they added T3
1: they actually just added T3 for me this year
0: what was what led to that
1: my, I don't even know. I don't like it's so funny. My focus is so much on my kids and like my their endo that like she's like, do you want to try a T3? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Throw it in. And I try it. And I was like, I feel great. I don't <laughs> sleep anyway. So it's fine.
0: <laughs> Should we put carrots in this, too? I don't see why not <laughs> just do it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so for Arden, her T, uh, the Terson is the T4 replacement, right? And right. her numbers can be terrific, but she's still tired. Oh, really? Yeah. If you don't give her the T3, she's exhausted interesting yeah it's and i i don't just mean like tired i mean like dripping in a puddle tired like i've told i've told this story before but i'll tell you in arden's yearbook for her her senior year in high school like you know when they people like take out like ads you're basically paying yeah yeah right so we did one of those so there's this beautiful picture of arden in the middle and then around it if you can imagine nine small photographs around one in the middle they are all like cell phone pictures of arden asleep on different hard surfaces in our house Oh my like, god, really? Yeah, like passed out. Oh, wow. So she needs it. Yeah, like passed out, like come home from school, sit down at an island, and just face down on a piece of stone asleep.
1: Wow, or that's crazy. Curled
0: up on the floor, like any like in just pl- like random places. Like she'd get on the floor to play with the dog and you'd look over and she'd be asleep. And wow. yeah, it was it was insane. And you add so she t- needs it. Oh my god. It's it, she does not function without it. it it's it's really oh. interesting. As a matter of fact, at the end of her last school year, I think that's when it was. She ran out of it a few days before the end of the year. And it took about seven days for her to get home and to get new. And it like, it decimated her. She was back to like not being able to function. Wow. Yeah, it was really something. That's
1: crazy. Yeah. Well, at least she has it. She knows. Oh
0: my God. It's so much better. If this is 50 years ago, we would have had to like put her to sleep like a dog or something. Like, oh I ser- my God. like I'm seriously, I don't know what to do with her. Like, she barely could, Like she- even now that she's on all these things, she still says sleeping for me is not refreshing really yeah she's like i never is she feel-
1: reaching your de- like a deep sleep is she oh getting God. into that like
0: <sighs> carrie she, she sleeps forever <laughs> if you really? don't yeah if you don't wake her up she'll she'll stay asleep forever
1: wow yeah. i miss those days <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you like a nice 12 totally. hours like when she got oh. on the, when she got home from the overnight thing she's like i'll be up in five hours so i was like i don't imagine that's gonna be true but okay <laughs> uh but but anyway so are so are you watching that with your kids too do you add that to their yeah. blood work? Good.
1: Yeah. We do the, like, the annual blood work for the for his uh, thyroid. It's been fine so far, knock on wood, so, yeah. yeah
0: good for you. Did your husband, yeah. after all this started happening, did he say, hey, this should have been disclosed before I married you?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was just kind of like, go figure. Like, like our kid gets, like, the worst, you know, genes. Like, I don't know. My husband is, like, the specimen of health. His whole family lives to, like, 100, right? And, like... <laughs> great teeth like everything is like perfect it's so annoying and then like my family has got like all these autoimmune diseases and like they people are dying younger and like I don't know, whatever
0: great teeth is hilarious
1: <laughs> great yeah he has great my husband has great teeth like he has great teeth i don't know for some reason people in my family we just don't have great teeth so
0: That's something what, people in your family die younger
1: yeah, I mean, I think my grandparents died when they were like in their sixties. Well,
0: that's about right. Still, though, you're almost my age. Like this, we're, you yeah. And, I guess you're right. Yeah, you and I are like the first go round of people who did not grow up like in a salt mine, basically. So, that's true. yeah, I think this is where you're going to see a leap. Those of us who grew up a little easier, although half of us are going to probably just go the wrong way with nutrition, and it'll be a different thing that kills people. But. Totally. But, yeah, but I think yeah, for I now, yeah, if you're if you have a less impactful um, job, and you're actually taking reasonable care of yourself, like I'm, I'm interested to see how long people can can go. Even the things, that, yeah, diagnostically. Yeah, I mean, same. Yeah, like my, I have like low iron, but because of diagnostics and decent like healthcare, I I'm ahead of that. Otherwise, my, yeah. I'd live my whole life making cells. Over and over again with not enough iron in my system. And I probably would die sooner.
1: Didn't you get an iron transfusion? I thought I saw a picture of you on.
0: I've had a couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've had a couple. So uh, I haven't had them in a while. And I have my fingers crossed that that they won't happen again with supplementing. But I don't know. Like it could.
1: Yeah, know? totally.
0: So, But still, it's within reason. I get a little sleepy. I call a doctor. They draw some blood. They go, hey, it's low. I wait a couple days. I go to the thing. They jack you back up and you're on your way again. So yeah,
1: I've had a couple too. I always feel amazing afterwards.
0: Yeah, it is great. It actually right? is. Right. Like
1: yeah. I feel better. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I can't say enough when if you're iron, I did a whole series of conversations about it because I wanted people to know. But it, even what the what the testing parameters are, it's it's it might not be enough. Like you know, I had an endo on that said if you're a woman of menstruating age, for example, that she sees 70 as the absolute bottom of where your ferritin should be.
1: I agree with that, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's not It's the also case. like
1: D3 too. The, the vitamin D. They always say, like, you always want it up on the high, high, high upper end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I take uh, 5000. I use a vitamin D every day.
1: That's see, that's so crazy. But that's so good for you. Yeah. So I just- My, Liam's was like critical low when he was diagnosed.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think that's there's space for good supplementation, and definitely, I totally agree with you. Yeah, definitely helpful, and I, I actually drink Athletic Greens on top of all that too. Which I don't think I'm supposed to call Athletic Greens anymore. AG1, I don't know.
1: Oh, did it change?
0: Uh, my link went from AthleticGreens.com Juicebox to DrinkAG1.com Juicebox. So I'm assuming yeah,
1: like that stuff. I think I'm going to get it for my husband.
0: So, I, P, this is not an ad, uh, but they are advertisers. It's the only green drink I ever tried that I could, that I could drink.
1: Stomach,
0: Yeah. And it's, it's not, and it's not just that I can stomach it. I drink it and I go, that was great. And it's over. And like, oh, the, really? oh my God, the other stuff I couldn't get through my mouth. I was like, <sighs>
1: some of it's really gross. And it would
0: get in your stomach and be like, sit there real weird, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. it's not good. But yeah, AG1, I'm very happy with. So it's a matter of know. fact, I got to keep selling it because I get it for free as long as you guys keep buying it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's good you know. We're yeah. be to know. Maybe I'll buy some for my husband. Then.
0: <laughs> no, no. If that stops, then I'm then I'm on the hook because I think I got to keep drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I need you guys to pay. Uh, anyway, uh, it's worth it. Sh- I I do think it's worth a try. Yeah, yeah. Looks uh, good. Well, let me just say, drinkag onecom forward slash juicebox. You get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs, Carrie. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you use my link, sorry, I feel like an idiot. Uh, anyway uh mm-hmm. algorithm you think yes you'd like to go to yeah. t-slim control iq yes. yeah yeah okay how much insulin is he getting in a day
1: oh, he i mean he needs what he needs so he gets like eight of ba- eight his basils right now is eight he's about 50 50 to be honest with you mm-hmm. yeah he gets usually like usually about eight of, eight of humalog and about and oh, it's he's he's on eight of traceba right now
0: okay yeah that's how much yeah. does he weigh now at three
1: he's um well he's three and a half but he's 40 pounds he's like 95th percentile for weight 95th for height he's a solid kid
0: <laughs> is your husband big
1: no and you know it's so funny i went to the pediatrician the other day and he's like you know he's like 90th for weight and 95th for height he's like at least he's proportioned i was like you're right he at least he is <laughs> he's like at least he's not overweight and i was like dude he's three okay <laughs> don't even go there with the weight with me
0: i heard you apologizing for him when you went hey listen he is three and a half so
1: yeah. he's three and a half. Like he's, <laughs> he'll be four this winter. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's a solid kid.
0: Your husband's not yeah. a big tall guy. Are you tall?
1: I'm like five, six. My husband's six foot. We're not like crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. Interesting.
0: Yeah, it doesn't always work out. I mean, for instance, my children are attractive and athletic. So I don't know where the hell that came from. <laughs> I used to tell people all the time that my uh, my mailman must be a very good looking athletic guy.
1: Oh, you're <laughs> so, so funny. It's of, is my <laughs>
0: assumption, because I mean, there have been times I've watched my kids do thing, uh, things athletically, and I'm just like, I'm probably not their father. i was <laughs> like, I don't know how this could be. Uh, but anyway, uh, as actually, as Cole gets older, he's starting to look more like me. Oh, really? Yeah, which is interesting.
1: He's in. Is, wait, I can't remember. I have listened to one episode recently. He's in college or high school. I can't remember.
0: No, he graduated from college. He's got his first. Oh, he's
1: in done with college. Yeah,
0: he's in his first job now.
1: I don't know why I thought he was. He was younger. Yeah. Wow. That's it, crazy. It's
0: because the podcast can jump around sometimes. Yeah, but probably. Um, no, no, he's been living on his own for eight months now, uh, very far from home, and um, he is. He likes the job and he's getting good experience from it. But he's like, I need to leave here because I'm so by myself. He's like, he's like, yeah, there's just nobody here, and his girlfriend's somewhere else, and you know, they're trying to figure all that out. So,
1: got it. Yeah, okay.
0: But he needed the experience, and it was it was a very good job with a great company, and he's like, I'm, you know. This is how I'm going to move up. I got to get this so I can go to the next thing.
1: And yeah, 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 totally. Yeah,
0: so he's doing. I get that. that. I'm proud of him. He really is on his own. So yeah,
1: you should be. And that's really cool. Yeah. Good for him.
0: Yeah, I would be like mental. Like
1: oh, same here. <laughs>
0: yeah, he, he said the saddest thing to me the other day. He goes, "Um, what do people do after work?" And I'm like, "Uh oh." He's out of TV to watch, and you know, he's like, "I play basketball in the park," and. Like I go shopping, and he's like talking about the things he has to do. And he's like, yeah, I keep yeah, keep my place clean and stuff. He's like, but what else do people do? And I was like, oh, buddy. I was like, this is life. <laughs> I don't know what to <laughs>
1: say. <laughs> this is it. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's really nothing. No other secrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
0: was like, I said, when I was your age, I had a kid. So, like, or getting yeah. ready to have one. I was like, I was moving towards that. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, you got to find a hobby or... You know, something he's like, I might start going to a boxing gym to work out. I was like, that's a great idea. Like, try that. But yeah, it's a very strange moment where at 23, he was like, oh, this this isn't all like just Ferris wheels and this this thing. (laughs) So
1: what else do I do? (laughs) That's funny. What else
0: is there? And I was like, uh oh, nothing. (laughs) Yeah. No, there's nothing else.
1: (laughs) Welcome to adulthood. There's nothing else. There's no secrets.
0: (laughs) Save some money so you can die. (laughs) Sleep when you can. (laughs) so funny <laughs> oh my gosh uh, can you explain how blood sugars reacted so you're you're in a unique situation you're watching an infant who's be- breastfeeding and and you know going going on to solid foods on a CGM like what kind of shifts did you see in blood sugars
1: crazy shifts i mean i had to rehaul everything i was feeding him at that point because he just i don't know what it was about him when he was diagnosed no honeymoon right off the bat he needed a lot of insulin he needed a lot of you know, he needed a lot of um, basil, like he just had high needs for insulin. And I was really scared mm. about that. Cause I was like, this just seems not right for, you know, a 14 month old be taking this much insulin. He just was resistant for a while. And then we just kind of got into a groove when I started listening to the juice box and I started kind of like riding the wave of the Dexcom all day long and kind of watching how he reacts to certain foods and kind of, you know, Finding alternatives to some of the foods that he likes because I didn't want him on a roller coaster all day long. Yeah, so that was that took a that took a really long time for me to figure all that out. Like a really long time. Um, <laughs> actually, I think you actually talked to my husband right after Liam was diagnosed. I posted on the juice box like I'm losing my mind. I am not sleeping. I don't know why my son is running so high, and I was like pleading for someone to help me. And you responded like Let's talk. And so I had you like talk to my husband and you right off the bat were like, he needs more basil. And you were right because we ended up like going up a lot in his basil shortly after that. So, yeah.
0: Did he and I talk by phone? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Okay.
1: I think because you saw that we were like in New Jersey and you were like, you know, like, let's talk about this. Because I think I had posted a lot in the juice box like right when he was first diagnosed because I was really overwhelmed and I – was just feeling so defeated by seeing these numbers all the time and not trying to like figure out what I was missing, you know? And so, yeah, you talked to my husband right after Liam was diagnosed. Oh, I'm such a good guy.
0: No kidding. You are. You are. (laughs) (laughs) I just looked to your sister's episode was 9-11. It's called T1D Lupus and Epilepsy. Yep. Okay. She turned you on to the podcast or vice versa?
1: No, I turned her on to it. Um, When we were in the hospital, we actually started listening to like the beginnings and then shortly after, like, I contacted Jenny to start making appointments with her. Okay. So I was like, I need help.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, so Jenny helped you with the baby?
1: Oh, Jenny. I've been working with Jenny since he was diagnosed. Oh. So we're still working with her.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Good. Good. On, yeah. But still, you're still, like, on the group going, I don't know what's wrong.
1: That Yeah. In the beginning, I well. also, we didn't, we had some issues with our endo. We, like... I had to leave the endo that we had seen at the hospital because I hated them. I thought they were not helpful at all. And then I was like, my husband and I lived in Boston for several years prior to having kids. And I was like, well, then I'm moving to Boston and I'm sending, I'm bringing Liam to Jocelyn. Like, so like it was a no brainer. And my husband was like, Carrie, you're losing it. And I was like, okay, maybe I am. (laughs) So we did like virtual with Jocelyn because I like knew somebody that worked there from working there and whatever. So we worked with Jocelyn for like a while until we got We switched to our endocrinologist that we had now, but our endos prior to our endo now, none of them were helpful. I just like, everybody was just like, correct, correct. And I was, felt like I was chasing highs and, you know, Mm -hmm. treating lows. I just never got into a groove with him for a really long time.
0: Yeah. So they set his, his settings up. And then even as his settings were too weak, they would just tell you just to correct the high blood sugar.
1: Yeah, we had I just they were questioning me a lot. They were like, "Why are you doing that?" It's just Yeah, it was just it was hard. We we just never got into a groove with an Endo for a while.
0: Why were you doing what?
1: Like, you know, like your carb count was wrong. Like I had to do the logs afterwards and, you know, it was just hard. Like, I don't know how many carbs are in my breast milk. I was estimating and they would get on my case that I was estimating wrong or I wasn't bulking enough and I, I it mm-hmm. was kind of it was kind of a nightmare, and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's affecting my mental health. I need a new endo that's not going to question me. It's going to support me. Yeah. And then we went to Chop, and it's been like an amazing experience. So, yeah.
0: By the way, if anyone needs an indication of how upset you were, you were like, "We'll relocate to where there's a better hospital."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "We're just going to move to Boston." My husband was like, "Carrie, you, I think you're losing it," yeah. and I was like, "Okay, well, then I'm going to leave, <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to." bring Liam to Boston and we'll go see a new endo there. And he's like, we have chop here. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: can't we just see someone around here? And I was like, okay.
0: (laughs) Like you're going to live here. We're going to live in Boston. So yeah, yeah, (laughs) it is a lot. It's just a lot of stress and it's nonstop. I mean, honestly, it's 24 hours a day nonstop and the baby's small and it's got to always be in your head. Like if he gets too low and I can't talk him into eating something or whatever, like we're going to have a real problem. oh i
1: still have those thoughts now with him
0: sure oh please i think you're gonna have him for a while (laughs) yeah don't worry i think
1: the toddler stage is even harder because he's like he he takes swim lessons and like we went to swim and after swim lessons he gets to go to mcdonald's and it's like my thing and i have no mom guilt about it because he enjoys it and it's that's it so Uh i have mastered a happy meal for him and we went to mcdonald's and we sit down i pre bowls him we're sitting there waiting for the food and the burger comes and he looks at me, and he goes, I don't want this. And I was like, why? And he's like, I just don't want it. Let's leave. And I was like, oh, it's like, <laughs> like, it's just, you know, it's hard with toddlers.
0: <laughs> um, no, <laughs> we're going to,
1: I was like, why you want to, you told me you want a happy meal. he's like, I don't want it now. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what'd you do? I had cookies in my purse. I just gave him the cookies and I was like, yeah. let's get out of here. Oh my God. Of course he wanted it an hour later, but whatever.
0: <laughs> Did you go back? No, I had it still. I brought it home. Oh, you yeah. You heated up his Happy Meal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> can we call this episode Reheated Happy Meal? Maybe.
1: Perfect. Love it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not a thing that a lot of people are going to understand. I mean, you can right. you can imagine it, but I lived through it and it's frightening. And I was on edge for years. Like you yeah. really have to imagine that Arden was diagnosed in 2007, six, 2006. Yeah. Wait a minute. Six. And she was two years old and she weighed like 18 pounds when she was diagnosed and there was no CGMs. They gave you like syringes and Novolog and, and, and uh, a basal insulin that was so ineffectual. Nobody uses it anymore, basically. And, you know, and, and you were just on your way and it was up and down and up and down. And you couldn't even tell you were just testing, trying to like get ahead of the problem and always worried. Like I I haven't talked about it in a while, but I mean, for a a full year, I'd live a whole day with Arden, like at home with her. My wife would come home from work and I'd be like, I have to get a shower because I didn't get a chance to get a shower today. I went in the shower to cry.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's really, I totally feel you on that. It's really hard. It's also really hard finding other parents or friends that you can like relate to. Mm. Like for me, at least, you know, like you, like sometimes I would find like I would, talk to other moms and they would be like, Oh, my night was so hard. Like my baby woke me up twice. And I'm like, are you serious? Like <laughs> I treated a high for like four hours last night. I maybe slept two hours, you know, like it's hard finding, you know, people that you can, I don't know, relate to sometimes.
0: Right. It's, yeah. Commiserating is helpful. And, and that's actually what that person's trying to do with you, except they don't understand the, the level you're at versus the one yeah. they're at. And, and again, not to compare it, I'm sure it's terrible for her too. Like, you know, but it's not helpful for you as far as like finding a, I don't know, an actual sounding board who understands your situation.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's really, I think it's just, it's just harder when they're younger. I know you can relate to that. You just, I always just felt like for a really long time, or I still do, like, I just wait for the next ball to drop, you know, like what's going to happen. Just kind of live your life always like on edge.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the end, I think the best you can do is get good settings, understand how insulin works and, you know, give yourself a chance to be in the fight, really. and right. You know, instead of being blind, I was blind the whole time for those first number of years. I didn't know what, I had; literally didn't know what I was doing. It was a mess. And, you know.
1: How did you, like, figure it all out?
0: I think writing the blog was partly helpful.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: Because you could kind of, like, relive what was going on later. Yeah. When you weren't as upset yeah. about it. And then I started asking people questions. So one of the things that got me there was... I asked Arden's uh, nurse practitioner one time, I said, if I gave you a magic wand and I said you could make people with diabetes know one thing, like what would you make them know? And she said, she, I'd tell them how insulin works. That was it. And I said, okay, so I don't know how insulin works. That's a problem. So I'll figure out what that means. And then I just started quantifying it. Like I put it in here, I see a spike, you know, the spike crashes. Like, you know, like I just started trying to make sense of it. And then, I I mean, CGMs came. Yeah. That was a a huge part of it. The first Dexcom kind of wasn't so much about the number. It was almost about the graph and the arrows.
1: Totally agree.
0: Right? So you could kind of see like, okay, like it's going up now. Like I got that. Like, you know, why is there not enough resistance here? I put the insulin in at a good number. Like why is the number going up? And why is it staying up? And how come, I mean, I put in the right amount of insulin, but her blood sugar is really high and it's not moving. And, and and they would tell you then, like, well, don't put more insulin and in, you'll be stacking. But after you watch it happen a number of times, you think, well, that's that wouldn't be stacking because her blood sugar is never going to come back down again. And then you kind yeah. of reverse engineer it. You go, well, if I would have put more insulin up front, would it even gone up? And, right. th- and then th- that started making sense. Then I started making leaps. The next leap I made was I was afraid of insulin. Yeah. I know I was afraid of it. And so... One year, I used to write for Omnipod's blog, which I don't know that it exists now or not. Um, but I would write six pieces for them a year. They came to me at the end of the year and they're like, "What do you want to write about next year?" And I said, "I'm going to write about not being afraid of insulin." It's going to be a six-part series about not being afraid of insulin. And they were like, "Okay." And I told them why, and and that was it. Like I just I talked myself into not being afraid of insulin. Like it's not like I knew something. I wrote about it in a way that talked myself out of it. Yeah. That was it, really. So I did misspeak earlier the, the magic wand story. She said I would tell people not to be afraid of insulin, so they knew how it worked. There was a little more to it than that. Got uh, it. You know, it so I, yeah, so I just was like, okay, well, I am afraid of it. There's nothing that's going to make me not afraid of it, except maybe understanding how it works. So I'll start paying attention to how it works, and then, then that leap of trusting that I knew what was going to happen was going to happen. Interesting. That was a big deal for me.
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: How many times can you not pre a meal, watch it go to 300, have to put in two more units to bring it back down before you say to yourself, let me see what happens when I pre-bolus? Yeah. And then you pre and it goes to 200, but it doesn't come back down. How many times do you have to do that before you think, okay, well, I pre-bolus, that helped. But obviously there's not enough insulin here. So I don't care what the carb count says. This meal needed two more units of insulin. Yeah. So I'm going to use it. Like, why would I just do it again tomorrow when I know it's going to happen again? So then I was like, all right, uh, you know, the carb count says three, but I'm going to use five. And then it worked. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to trust that that's going to work. And it's almost the same kind of leap you have to make the first time you realize that, you know, if you had three blood sugar meters and you took the same blood drop on all three, you'd get three different numbers. Yeah. And then you have to say to yourself, I have to just go with what I have. And and I think those little leaps got me there. And then I started seeing it. Like then it slowed down. Like it's such an old reference now. I don't even know if it works for people. But diabetes, like it started feeling like the matrix. And I felt like I was standing in the middle of the bullets and they weren't moving very fast. I was like, oh, I see it all happening now. And once I saw that's it. That's really cool. I, yeah. That's how it felt. It felt like before everything was happening way too fast and I couldn't make sense of it. And I had found a way to slow everything down so I could kind of almost look up and like reach and grab a bullet and go, I'm just going to move this one over here so it doesn't hit me. Yeah. And then, I don't know, from there, I wrote about it more and, you know, kind of clarified my thoughts and then kept experimenting and then kept getting good feedback. It was working. And then one day I just told my wife, I was like, I have a system. It works. Like, I don't, I don't have a name for it. I don't quantify it. Like, I'm not going to write a book about it, but I know if I do these things, it'll work. And then I made a podcast about it. So. So cool. Pretty much it. Yeah. Really cool. I had a lot of free time. I was a stay at home parent. Yeah. So, you know.
1: So cool. Just do the laundry,
0: (laughs) mop the floor, go grocery shopping. (laughs) Just. is pretty much it. (laughs) You know, just do it again the next day.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I, honestly, I just, I'm, I'm a really emotional person and like her health being poor was like killing me. Same. Yeah. So I couldn't let her be like that. And I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't be the one who did it, you know, like, so that was, I was fighting against all of that. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. It's, I feel that so much.
0: And it just feels easy now because now I'm like the guy who gets on the phone. I'm like, turn your basil up. You're like, he knows everything. I'm like, not really. But I have like, I have enough knowledge that um, I can look at it and with reasonable certainty, know that this is what I'm seeing. Yeah, You know, so, and then the doctors, they don't, I don't know if they don't have it. I I tend to think of doctors' biggest issue is really the same issue that all businesses have, which is that people come and go, right? Like, so, you know what I mean? Like, you bring somebody in, about the time they know what they're doing, they go somewhere else because they can sell themselves for more because now they have more responsibility. The next person that comes in doesn't know crap because they're just starting, and you know, so everybody's always either dealing with somebody who really knows what they're doing or has no idea what they're doing. And it just, you can't build consistency. It's, it's, it's how free agency killed football. Yeah. You know, totally not that players shouldn't be free to move around. I I support that, but you, it's hard to build a core and keep it together now because people, yeah. people jump around. And I think that happens in business. And I think that doctor's offices are businesses and yeah, they are. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, when you get the girl with the needle cap, it was probably like, she's probably in her first six months of this. Totally. Yeah. Yes. So, and and those people are always cycling in and out. I think that's yeah. the bigger problem. Actually, every problem we have in the world is a failing of people on some level. Like it's just- Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's your job. It's not your life. And so if I have a bad day or I don't get a lot of sleep last night or- God knows, like the, I don't know, maybe the receptionist has got a little coke problem. Like, who knows? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like everybody's yeah. got their own lives and they go to this thing during the day and they put as much effort into it as they think they need to to keep their job. And then, you know, it's not really I mean, how many people do you know who have a job they really care about? Not many. Yeah. <laughs> so and then you show up with your kid, or I show up with my kid, or whatever, and I'm expecting these people to be perfect and you know beyond reproach and the truth is is that they live up the street from me and they really are just dreaming of getting home and having three beers and watching american idol and yeah that's it so so true yeah that's what it is it's not a big deal it just is what it is if you know yeah. it then you can work around it totally that's all
1: yeah i agree with you
0: yeah i just don't have any big high expectations for people yeah same mm-hmm. i think teachers are people who want to have off during the summer same <laughs> It's true. Not that teaching's not a big thing, but I bet you that it attracts a lot of people who are like, wow, three months off? Cool. Like I mean, you know? I want
1: to I want to be my kid's school nurse eventually, because I'm like, I get the summers off with him. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's exactly my point. And by the way, I'm sure there are plenty of people who really want to shape young minds and blah blah blah. I'm sure that's all true. But if if 50% of the people are just like, I just gotta make it to August, and the other 50% are working really hard, well, then you get a mixed bag. And, yeah, totally. You know, it's just yeah. what it is. I don't know. Yeah. I was sitting here yesterday looking out the window while four people who work for my township were picking up three branches with a machine big enough to knock a house over. And I was like...
1: Just walk over and pick it up.
0: <laughs> oh, they could have driven over with a pickup truck and grabbed it in eight seconds. But instead, it's like we just used 72 gallons of diesel fuel using a machine that I could be part of a war if it needed to be. It was so big. And I was like, what are we doing? Yeah, and, you know crazy. so. <laughs> I don't know how I got to that, but, um, that's my point is that I guess my point is, is that you need to on your own, figure out what this is and then advocate for yourself and see your doctors as people who, if you're lucky, you get a great one and that's great. You take their information and if you get a bad one, then you, you know, then they're the nice people with the prescription pad and you go do what you got to do and, and get what you need, and then you go home and make your own decisions. I'm watching someone online now. This is such a common thing with people with diabetes. Uh, She's looking at a chart uh, or a graph. She puts it up online. She says, what's going on here? I said, this graph screams not enough basil to me. And she said, I said that to the doctor, but they told me no. And I'm like, okay. Well, (laughs)
1: yeah,
0: (laughs) what now? Because you still have the problem. They said that's not it. You say that's it. I say that's it. 30 other people are looking at it and tell you the other thing. What are you gonna do? Like, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's up to you at some point. That's all. Forget diabetes. If you're waiting for somebody else to tell you the right thing to do, you're making a mistake. So
1: yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: you gotta get in there. That's all. What are we not talking about, Carrie, that we should have?
1: I don't know. I think that's it. I don't know. I just um I was just really excited to be able to get the chance to talk to you. Cool. I mean, this this podcast has like changed my life.
0: Oh, In so many ways. Would you take a minute to tell me how?
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's been an amazing support system for me, just having other people to like bounce things off of. But I mean, I learned so much from this podcast. Like, it has completely changed my way of managing Liam. I mean, because obviously when he was diagnosed, I was listening to the doctors and it just got me nowhere. And, you know, when I found this podcast, I was like, I'm doing everything on my own. I mean, not like on my own, but I mean, I'm making the decisions. And I, I mean, it's just been a lifesaver for me and my husband. We both, I mean. I'm glad. Yeah.
0: That's very nice. And you got your, it helped Michaela, I hope too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Did we get, did we get the aunt to listen by any chance? Cause I can use more listeners.
1: Yeah. I should ask her. We don't really talk, but Mm, I should throw it out there to her.
0: (laughs) For me, really, you should talk to her. Yeah,
1: totally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Feels like, feels like you owe me a little bit. And this is what I'm asking for. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. You got
0: it. <laughs> Since Liam's name's not Scott, that's too late. Yeah. But you didn't name the next boy Scott.
1: Yeah, this is, um, yeah, yeah. yeah Let, so I get thank you for doing everything for this <laughs> podcast.
0: You're very well. Listen, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I wrote the blog because I was trying to raise awareness. And at some point during writing the blog, I realized that it was, um, what do they call it? Schattenfreude? Uh, what is that? It just, it was just people complaining. Like, yeah. So I was I was saying what was going wrong and other people were coming in and going, yeah, yeah, yeah that happens to me too. You, you know, um, it's sad. And then people would like commiserate. And I thought, oh, there's value in this. Like there's value in knowing that somebody else is going through it, but it wasn't doing enough. And so I thought like, well, I'm going to really try to help people. Like, like why, why I know this thing now, like I should tell them, you know, yeah. And then I did that and it was, it was nice and everything. And the blog did well, but it didn't do nearly as well as the podcast. Like when, when I moved to podcasting, like that's when like a note a week turned into like 10 notes a day from people. I'm sure. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting. Um, but it's just not something the space just doesn't do what we're doing here on the podcast. Like, you know, if you stop and think about, I don't know, Instagram content that you see. That kind of stuff around diabetes. It's all just very still like, hey, like, I have a recipe for this. Or don't you hate it when this happens? Like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, great. I hate it when that happens. Like, is there a way to stop it from happening? Could you tell me that? Yeah. And the only people who will tell you, like, how they manage, I mean often are just trying to drive you to a coaching service. So they tell you a little bit, and then they want you to pay them. And yeah, I, I, I'm totally. not good with that either. Like, I just think that, Kerry, between you and yeah. I, if I charged $9 a month for you to listen to this podcast, I'd be sitting in a gold chair, okay? Uh, but I'd pay it. <laughs> well, you're very nice, but I'm trying very hard not to charge people for that. Like, yeah. so, like, I to me, it's like I take ads, and then the ads support the production that I it takes me 60, 70 hours a week to make the podcast. So like I make the podcast and everybody gets to have these conversations. They get community, they get, you know, maybe tips and tricks and stuff like that or learn things they didn't know before. And there's nowhere to go. You don't have to go pay somebody. You don't have to like take a class. You don't have to have a freaking meeting with some jackass who just wants to have that meeting with you so they can charge you for it. Like that kind of stuff, you know? Um, I think that's important. And yeah, you know, it, to me, that seems like the right thing to do. Now, don't get me wrong. If I ever lose all the advertisers, I'm 100% going to charge you for the podcast.
1: <laughs> you definitely should.
0: <laughs> but but that at that point would be to keep it going.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we'd all pay it too. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I just want I just want everybody. It It feels really good to me to know that you found it. First of all, you said you found it in the hospital. Yeah. Was that just Googling?
1: Yeah, I Googled it. And I started listening to one of the series. I think it was like I want to say it was bold beginnings. I can't remember. And I had it on playing. And my husband was like, Carrie, we have so much going on right now. Can we like listen to this when we get home? Cause I was like, no, this is, this is like, this is going to be really important to us, you know? But we had like, Everybody coming in and trying to educate us so they can get us out. And mm-hmm. so I just remember being like, okay, I'm going to come back to this because I just was overwhelmed. But yeah, I did find it in the hospital. Tell
0: the nurses, shh, this guy on the internet is telling me about diabetes. Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah. yeah great, okay. <laughs> great. He doesn't have diabetes, but don't worry. We're not yeah. going to let that stop us from listening. But But anyway, like you found it that early. So in my mind, you avoided some of the heartache that I had.
1: Yeah, totally. I'm sure I did.
0: That makes me feel good. Like there's Thanks. things that didn't yeah. happen to you that, trust me you would not have found pleasant. Yeah. And like that I think is terrific and I, there's no reason that can't happen for anybody. I mean, you spent Yeah. a reasonable amount of this hour talking about like you just weren't getting good direction from people. Yeah. You know, so I don't think that's not the norm. I think that's what happens more often than not.
1: I totally agree with you. Yeah. So,
0: I don't want that. I don't want that to yeah, be I don't. Same. I don't want you to, I don't want that to happen to you and I don't want you to pay for it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what I'm what I'm trying to do here. So, anyway, uh, cool. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I was so excited for this.
0: Oh, good. Good on It was to great you. to talk to you. Oh, thank you. You were terrific. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yep. Hold on one second. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, GVOKE Glucagon. Find out more about GVOKE Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. You spell that. G-V O K-E G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com. Forward slash juicebox. If you're looking for community around type 1 diabetes, check out the Juice Box Podcast private Facebook group. JuiceBox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. But everybody is welcome. Type 1, type 2, gestational, loved ones, it doesn't matter to me. If you're impacted by diabetes and you're looking for support, comfort, or community, check out Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes, on Facebook. Once there was a time when I just told people, if you want a low and stable A1C, just listen to the Juicebox Podcast. But as the years went on and the podcast episodes grew, it became more and more difficult for people to listen to everyone. So I made the Diabetes Pro Tip Series. This series is with me and Jenny Smith. Jenny is a certified diabetes care and education specialist, she's also a registered and licensed dietitian, and a type 1 herself for over 30 years, and I, of course, am the father of a child who was diagnosed at age 2 in 2006. The Pro tip series begins at episode 210, with an episode called Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over, and from there... All about MDI, pre-bolusing, insulin pumping, bumping and nudging, variables, exercise, illness, injury, surgeries, glucagon, long-term health, bumping and nudging, how to explain type 1 to your family, postpartum, honeymoon, transitioning, all about insulin, temp basals. These are all different episodes, setting your basal insulin, fat and protein, pregnancy, the glycemic index and load, and so much more, like female hormones and weight loss. Head now to juiceboxpodcast.com. Go up in the menu at the top and click on Diabetes Pro Tip. Or if you're in the private Facebook group, there's a list of these episodes right in the Featured tab. Find out how I help keep my daughter's A1C between 5'2 and 6'2 for the last 10 years without diet restrictions. Juiceboxpodcast.com. Start listening today. It's absolutely free. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. The episode you just heard was professionally edited by Wrong Way Recording. WrongWayRecording.com.